0: What's going on with dance and stuff? What's happening with dance and things? What's going on? What's happening? What's going on with dance and stuff?
1: All right, well, we're really amazing at the song now. We're I say the this song. This is number ten. The song. It's episode ten, which is a just us episode. It's just us here. It's just between us on this one.
0: And we've been saying that we've been recording in the nook, which is a word I stole from Casey and Danielle on Bitch Sesh.
1: Hey, they should. We should do a foursome. I wish. Sure, sure. I, mean, I think it's. I think we'll geared towards you know like. Well, Casey and Danielle, I think
0: actually do record in like a breakfast nook at Casey's uh-huh, house, uh-huh. and we record in your living room, which is the size of a nook. It's yeah, it really so looks it's okay. like a nook.
1: Like, and they're in LA, right? Yeah, in a home my club. living room is a breakfast nook in LA. Like, yeah. my spacious living room is in L.A., what a breakfast that yeah, be. My spacious living room. Well, you know, compared to other places I've lived, I remember um, in the summer of... Because we're going to get to some summer topics today, but I was thinking about the summer of 2000, the summer of Y2K. Oh, sorry. Oh, someone texted you. Who is it?
0: Oh. Are was we it? still recording? Yes. It's Alan Brown, who I went to boy choir school with, and oh. I, I reached out to him today and said... Um, that I missed him because the, the American
1: Boy Choir School closed its doors yesterday. It closed its wow. Jeremy made an audible. Uh, the quiet, quiet as a mouse made an audible. So it closed its. Let's go to that for a moment. Yeah. It closed its doors yesterday.
0: Yeah. So I went to a very special school called the American Boy Choir School from age nine to thirteen. And it was a boarding school in Princeton for singing boys. And we traveled all over and sang with orchestras and made recordings. And I was showing Jack and and your boyfriend, Jeremy, our producer, a video about it um, a couple weeks ago, which shows alumni from kind of like 30 and 40 years ago who were talking about how it essentially ruined their lives (laughs) because it was such like a profound experience. And so like the letdown from it is enormous. Yeah. And, like, life can never be as exciting as it was when you were that age. And also, there's no one you will meet in your life who you can relate this kind of experience to. Because it was so magical. Oh, yeah. But in the 80s, there was some scandal there was sex yeah. scandal and it was covered up and then uncovered in 2005 by the boy who had been traumatized uh, yeah, yeah who had been whose life had been ruined essentially right. and other boys came forward and a huge article was in new york magazine and ever since then like funding and enrollment has been way way down until finally just this week they were like we don't have enough enrollment or funding to keep the school open Bye. they will not have a new year and it's three weeks away so what school was supposed to start in three weeks I know. Wow. So anyways, I reached out to Alan, and we'll have to have him on the podcast at some point to really, like, go down memory lane.
1: What does Alan do now, or is his life destroyed? Alan is
0: a school teacher. He's okay. a wonderful person. Great. He teaches at, you know, that um, high school in Cooper Square called St. Anne's, I think, or something like that. Well, St. Anne's is in Brooklyn. Well, that's a performance space, but I think it's a school. No, also. no,
1: there's a St. Anne's school that's in Brooklyn. Oh.
0: Well, anyways, it's St. Someone, and it's uh-huh. next to that New York... Health and Racket Club. Oh. Wow. You know what I mean? Moji yeah. Health and Racket yeah, Club. Yeah, I mean I know, I just I can't like picture a high school there, but it doesn't matter. Um so anyways, we were talking about
1: our summers and you were talking about something. Oh, I was remembering well I was thinking of apartment sizes and I was remembering in the summer of two thousand that I lived in a room that had been made, like it was a hallway of this a kind of shady, weird duplex on Grand Street between Grand, um, Grand between Elizabeth and Mont. And I lived in a room that was six feet by seven feet that had been made, uh, in the hallway just out of, um, like some sheetrock and plaster. So like a bed and a path. It was, um, yeah. Well, there was a room, like a door that had been made by like taking two pieces of, like taking some sheetrock putting it off of the wall in this hallway to kind of make kind of a, a dome structure and I that was where my apartment in to in the summer 2000 I had no air conditioning did you love it it was really hot um I was out of my mind so it was also the summer that the movie I'd done came out I would say Providence so uh-huh. I went to the premiere of that while then like returning home to this like hovel where was the premiere Union Square Theater. So the Union Square Theater and I sat with like Amy Smart and Alec Baldwin and Gabriel Mann was in it and this kid, Sean Haddesey. Did I don't you know have like a
0: Square. dinner after?
1: Yeah, and then we went to a dinner at um, you know the Union Square restaurant, which I don't know if that exists anymore. It used to be outdoors in Union Square. Huh. And we had a dinner there and Amy Smart had just done this movie called Starship Troopers that hadn't oh my- come out. And she's like, oh my God, I just shot this movie and I have to go, oh my God, watch out Meteors. And we were laughing about that. And what was fun about it was Martha Plimpton came up to me, and she's like, hey, you're really great in the movie. What are you doing after this? And I was like, I don't know. And she's like, well, come get some drinks with me and Paul Rudd. (laughs) So I went out and had these drinks with her and Paul Rudd, and we played this, like, truth... It wasn't a truth or dare. It was just truth game where she was just like, tell the truth. And I can't remember if they were in a relationship or not, but she said something to the effect of, like, are you jealous of that I'm in this relationship Uh with this visual artist? And then she asked the visual artist if he was jealous of her career. And I remember thinking, she's really fierce. And we just got really plastered and had a great night. She's
0: a family friend of my family.
1: Really? Uh Uh-huh. I like her. I haven't seen her since the summer of 2000 when I was uh, 20 years old.
0: She used to come to, like, Thanksgiving's at Sharon's. I like her. Yeah, she's smart.
1: Yeah, we should have her on the podcast. Okay. (laughs)
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, I want to briefly, like, jump back to boy choir school. What is, what is your favorite memory of boy choir school? Oh, boy. I, you know, pick your favorite.
0: Pick my favorite memory of boy choir school. Well, I will say that there was a lot of sort of uh, amazing experiences, like, singing with the New York Philharmonic or Boston mm-hmm. Symphony, but I think my favorite time at boy choir school was, like, weekends when... A lot of the boys would be gone, and some of us would stay, and we could wear whatever we wanted, and, like, there was no schedule. Mm-hmm. So it was, like, it was very different from life during the week, and so weekends were this, like, weird time where you could just, like, you could feel like you... A child? Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, you could feel like a, just a like, a... like this was a your family's home. Uh-huh. And... Because we lived in this mansion, and we had... You know, we lived in these rooms all throughout the mansion, and so, like, on the weekends, you could go down into the basement and scare yourself, or, like, right. go into the woods and... You could play. pick fla- Yeah, you could play. Right, right. And I think those are sort of, like, the most unusual and favorite memories. We would play sardines at night and stuff. What does that mean? That's where everybody... Um, oh, so everybody just starts running around, uh-huh. kind of. It's like hide-and-seek, uh-huh. except you just don't want to be the last person. Okay. Like, there isn't a seeker. Okay. So basically, like... One person is the sardine, and then when you find them, you hide with them.
1: that's sweet. And
0: then it, by the end, there's very few people looking for them, and it's terrifying because you're like, "Hello, oh, where? Hello!" Right, because you're <laughs> alone and they're
1: hiding in like a pot. oh,
0: in a dark mansion, like oh, spooky
1: spooks. That's fun. Did you guys ever scare yeah. each other? Like. Be like, Reed, come up here! And you get up there and no one's there and someone jumps out and it's like, Gah! and you scream in a falsetto high pitch.
0: Screaming was very frowned upon.
1: Oh yeah, because you could ruin your core Yeah. No screaming. No. So there wasn't like scare, scare games at the mansion.
0: There may have been, but I don't I don't remember that. Okay. Yeah. But I mean, it was scary. It, a lot of things were scary. And how do you... Is
1: it sad for you that Boy School is closing? That it, it's it, going away? It is really sad and mm. it is...
0: But I have felt for a long time that it's time. Yeah. And, you know, that happened especially for me, like, I think about eight years ago or six years ago when the school left the house. Mm. So they had to relocate to a different place because they sold the mansion. And I thought, well, now it's it's so different. It can't possibly be what it once was. Right. And the quality and size of the choir has really diminished over time since enrollment started to go down and you know a, a, a classmate of mine actually wrote a really beautiful thing on facebook today where he was like i'm really saddened today by this news however in light of the tragedy that some of these boys experienced yeah. it is only right yeah that this come to an end yeah. and i would that is like I somehow agree. comforting and and it is sad, but it, it was more sad to see the school like struggling to continue for so many years, right. sort of on its last legs. Right. It wasn't like a graceful end yeah. to like a wonderful thing. Endings generally aren't graceful. Except for Anthony, who we had lunch with yesterday, Anthony yes. Roth Costanzo, sent us a video yes. of Leontine Price's farewell oh. performance. And she sang, um, she was singing Aida at the Met in the 80s, early 80s, and she was in like, the command and beauty of her voice at that point, phenomenal. So to see her telling the world, like, this I'm going to be done now, and it's going to be a mazzing, and right. then, you know, like, you can feel really bad about it. Or, like, yeah. you can feel, like, how big of a loss this is. Yeah. As opposed to being like, bye, girl, it's
1: time, right. you know? And
0: how old was she? She was 60. I don't know, but probably around.
1: Today is Madonna's birthday. Is it really? <laughs> and <laughs> I am <Yeah>. deeply... <laughs> deeply happy that she's alive. She really saved my life. That's a big summer event for me. I remember, I remember seeing the Blonde Ambition tour on HBO the summer that it happened. So I was in middle school. I was like in seventh grade when it came out. And I really wanted to go. remember I was talking about this with Heather Lang and it changed my life. I had, I remember feeling so, it gave me so much courage. It really, and, and then the more I read about her and, I just was obsessed with her and mm-hmm. hearing that she got out of the Midwest and and grew into just doing what, what she wanted.
0: Did you consider, like, her private and home life or were you just thinking about, like, how wonderful it was, like, that she got to be watched?
1: I didn't think about either of those things, actually. I really thought about how many people she was helping through this entertainment. Right. So that, I mean, is consistent. My my thing of, oh, I want to help people by entertaining them. I want to give this medicine has been consistent since I was a kid. Did so, you
0: have, like, a sense, like, I aspire to, like, her virtuosity or whatever? Like, did you feel, like, a connection to her talent?
1: I felt a connection to her energy? charisma. Oh, okay. I felt a connect energy, charisma. Right. I mean... I definitely felt a connection to this star power quality that she had and this feeling of being really fierce. (laughs) And and I'm going to segue right into Tiffany Haddish, who I am. (laughs) She is. She's, and she is my hero now. I mean, Tiffany Haddish is, I think we're about the same age.
0: We saw Girls Trip yesterday, (sighs) which is a new summer film with Queen Latifah and Jada Pinkett Smith and Regina Hall. And the real star of the movie is this sort of unknown yeah. I'd never heard of her. She's done
1: a lot. I mean, I I, I looked at what. But she's But she hasn't done really been TV in many movies. Films. Not a, no, not a lot of films. Um, Tiffany Haddish. Tiffany Haddish. She's and
0: one year older than me. She's born your
1: year, '79. Yeah. yeah, she is. It, it is a kind of also knowing how. I mean, in a film, there's a lot of takes, and on this particular film, thinking of how many extras there are in this film. A lot of takes. Things have to get set up. Oh, yeah, yeah. Thinking about the second AD, going and wrangling everyone, everyone getting set, and her having that level of energy. Like, that she, thinking of how many takes she must have had to do, knowing how much she improved. Well, because it's so had clear she's improv She made
0: this film, and I think, like, yeah. whoever, whoever was, you know, making this movie saw clearly from the beginning, like, I'm going to allow this girl
1: to make this movie into something. Because yeah. it's a garbage movie.
0: I mean, with a good message.
1: I mean, I guess, well, in that way that those, that movies like Bridesmaids or The Hangover or uh, right. these films that are, are going to be, that are very much a, a fun film for people or like Mother's Day or Christmas right. Party. I think for me, what's so exciting in a film like this is uh, you don't. Get to see black women doing something like this in films. Uh-huh. It's it's very, it is something that I think is definitely was first a boys' club film. Right. Like it was very, and then bridesmaids kind of swung it over towards them more. Right. And that's very much what, mo- I think it's Mother's Day is the one that Catherine Hahn is in and um, I don't Neela know. Kunis and them. I'm... But um, having having this film of, uh, and, and part of it is that uh, the thing of, I think, black women feeling that they have to, I mean, I don't want to, I certainly can't speak for them, but a thing of of having to always maintain a level of respectability. I see. Because there's so much already set against
0: them. Right.
1: And to allow for them also to have, to get to do what everyone should be able to do, which is to play and to make any kind of movie you want. Right. And so I loved the movie for that. I felt so... Um, I felt it was so brave and so brave for these women to show up to a movie like this and mm-hmm. be in a movie like this that until now I have there haven't been a lot of films that center around a group of black women I mean it's like um, what, what's that one I'm trying to reach for right now which is like it's not breathless it's like Holding my waiting to exhale, uh-huh. you know, th- things How like Stella that. Stella got her groove back. Yes. But where it's about like empowered women, right. black women doing the right thing. Right. Well, and I then mean, this is mov- so multifaceted. Well, with yeah, Regina this is Hall's about character. friendship. Yes. And it
0: is about like relationships and like capitalism. the odds and men and yes. blah, blah, blah. But it doesn't, well, it tackles like a different kind of set of problems than bridesmaids. Which is, like, the movie I sort of would most closely uh, compare it to. Uh Although Bridesmaids is, like, such a white movie. Yeah, But Bridesmaids, like, I think, well, obviously because of, like, Kristen Wiig's performance, Melissa McCarthy's performance, really, like, there's a real sadness and, like, something of, like, the psychology of that movie is, like, very real. Mm. And this movie, it's more like the outrageous performance of Tiffany Haddish turns this movie into something phenomenal. Yeah. But, like... The star of the movie Regina Hall. It's a it's a plot and a character I don't care about. Mm, mm-hmm. Although I was very I was moved at the end
1: by her choices. I, I mean I didn't I guess it wasn't for me something that I was even thinking about being moved in because I had such a level of catharsis and ecstasy in. I mean because Tiffany of- Tiffany Tiffany Haddish gave. Uh, gave a performance and I was thinking about what is a, a performance I would term as fearless as that mm-hmm. and I couldn't think of one I mean I thought of things Kristen Wiig has done all the to things like the, to Isabel Luper and the piano teacher right uh, things that are intense and are going to be on celluloid forever they're on the internet and they that people will be able to see or you like, like that forever
0: Elizabeth Berkeley and Gina Gershon and Showgirls
1: totally How, and I thought about Showgirls which is not a comedy, and it, right. in many ways, we it's it's hard to d- decide which way it's gone. Do
0: boys ever do stuff like this?
1: Well, what it made me want is for there to be a gay film that can be this outrageous and fun, in the mainstream. Oh, doesn't exist.
0: Mm. No.
1: No, it doesn't. So, no. I mean, I I sent <laughs> that to <laughs> I sent that to my manager. I was like, when the Tiffany Haddish role comes out, I want it. Right. Like, and they'll I, give it to Cola Scola. <laughs> I, maybe. I don't know. I'll 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 wrestle him as hard as I can down the yeah, stairs for it. Yeah, you would to fight him for it. I would absolutely fight him or John Early for it. Oh. What did
0: I just... I saw his face again. Was he in a preview for something at the movies last night?
1: John? Yeah. Uh-uh. No.
0: Oh, I saw him in, um... I was watching the new, like, group of on Netflix the new group of of Wet Hot American Summers, like mm. ten years later thing, which is not funny. But Kristen Wiig is is in it and she plays um, like a girl at the like fancy camp across the river who's like older now and she's they show up and she's like, Oh, you're just in time for um for my concert mm. And she she does a concert where she plays, like, ten different instruments, but they just keep going back to her, and she's, like, first she's playing a harp, and then she's, like, playing bongos, uh, and then she's, whatever, is so amazing. When
1: Kristen Wiig did her interview with, I think it was Jimmy Kimmel with, um, but I can't recall, it. but she did her interview as the girl with the dragons from... Oh, my from Khaleesi. From, yeah, yeah. That, I was like, that's very good. I was like, that's incredible. Um, I'm going to go back to Tiffany Haddish. Okay. interview with Stephen Colbert, and I watched all these interviews with her last night. Um, her stepfather tried to kill her when she was nine. Her mother... How? Was in, so her uh, stepfather, her mom owned a couple properties, mm-hmm. and her stepfather cut the brakes on the car, <laughs> um, which threw her mother through the windshield. And she had to raise all of her siblings while her mother had to relearn how to walk, talk, oh my God. all of that. That began at nine. And she said at 21 she was suicidal, thinking, why is my life like this? on so her stepfather sat her down. He was like... I tried to kill you at nine. You survived it. You're here for a reason. Because her and her siblings weren't in the car. They'd wanted to go, but they weren't in the (gasps) car. That's just one story. In 2003 or maybe 2004, she was talked about this on Colbert. She was homeless, living out of her car, and she made sure no one knew. Because she said, I had too much pride. So she was doing her comedy club gigs Uh and getting her nails done, getting her hair done. But living in the car. Living in a car. And she made a list of things she wanted. Because this guy was like, you need to make a list. And one of them was... She talks about them. She's like, one of them is that Brad Pitt calls me up all the time. One is that I have a baby by Leonardo DiCaprio. She's like, one is that I'm sitting here with you while you're making googly eyes at me, like, wah. Like, she has, because Stephen Colbert is just, as everyone is, floored by the sheer force of her perseverance. Perseverance? Yeah, perseverance. Wow, I really said perseverance, (laughs) though. It's just, like, Ashley Booter. Yep. And, um, (laughs) uh, that she just kept going and it's just living. It was the most healing thing that's ex- that I've experienced this whole summer I feel was watching certain that performance and like couldn't be happier about seeing someone becoming a movie star. Yeah.
0: Like I just want her
1: to have everything. I want her to have all her, the awards. I want them
0: to give her the awards, the money, Yeah. I, I I don't care.
1: Literally everything. And when I, and I, when I watched it, I just thought, "Wow, step your pussy up." I haven't felt like this since I found TS Madison. Right. Which the rage, the rage, with this Nazi KKK. Oh boy! President, I just—it's got to go. It's got to go. It's got to end. <sighs> I was comforted by when I asked you if, if yesterday in the movie theater if you thought we were, you know, what uh, some sorts of a war going to have a war. You think you're thinking, like, well, in New York, we'll just build a wall around it. Right. We won't let him in. I mean, I think. I mean, the joke is that like we live in this bubble,
0: but we really do, and it might. I mean, hopefully. It's not exactly impenetrable because, like, a tidal wave will eventually just, like, wipe (laughs) us all out or whatever. Uh Uh-huh. But, you know, we keep having to wake up in the mornings and see this, like, piece of shit just, like, talking about garbage. Yeah. Without
1: really thinking. Definitely not thinking. And. Father who was in the KKK. That all came. Oh, yeah. Father was in the KKK. What? Uh Uh-huh. Donald Trump's. Father. KKK member. Yes. Arrested in, New- in 1927. But he's a New Yorker. Uh, there was the KKK here, honey. Oh, well. So, you know, it's just... And there's this photo of Donald Trump with these two um, clans member. Maybe one of them. I didn't really pay... I couldn't look at the photo long enough because I was like, I just... I bind you. Like, all the witches need to come together and bind this shit up. Not to mention, I do believe that it is the majority, the moral majority, that is against this level of hatred and violence. I
0: mean, one can only hope. I mean, this is the first time in the midst of all this, like, you know, ridiculousness that his, at least his, like, talking head, people who've supported him over and over and over this time are like, no. I mean, seeing them on CNN and Fox News just sort of all crumble and be like, I can't, I can't
1: support him this time. It's great. Thank God. They can't. It has to. It has to. It is a... I was thinking about... I was talking with... You know Kyle Bukhari? Mm-hmm. Um, we should have him on. I love him Great. so much. And we were talking about... I was talking about the Kali Yuga with him. Oh, I don't so, know what that is. So there's different <laughs> yugas in the Vedic calendar of Hinduism. The Kali Yuga is the one we are currently in, represented mm-hmm. by the goddess Kali. The cauliflower. <laughs> 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 love it. I love... I, you know, there's not a lot I like at Westville. I love the cauliflower. I know you don't like Westville, but I love that cauliflower. And... Um, the Kali Yuga is represented by the goddess Kali, goddess of destruction, and uh, this time that we're in is going to be marked by extreme technological advances and lots of wars, oh. which World War One, World War Two, here we are, and at the end of the Kali Yuga, human- the, the human species will go on into a new enlightenment or be eradicated. Oh. And this... Was written about five thousand years ago.
0: Well, on that note, I hope that we get to evolve through this into our better selves. If Deeply. we die, it's no big deal. We're all dying anyways. Hello, it's comforting phrase of the summer. Thank <laughs> you, Justin <laughs> Um We're gonna take a little break. We're gonna take a break. And, and when, during that break, we're going to. Oh, we're gonna watch <laughs> a video from I'm gonna guess 2004 uh-huh. of New York City Ballet doing rubies. With Teresa Reichlin as the tall girl, Damian Woodsell, and Miranda Weiss as the principals. Shout
1: out to Tess, we're having you on. You are you are coming Uh, on this podcast. We're
0: gonna share with you our thoughts.
1: Yes. How old is she here?
0: Like 18
1: uh, uh, yeah late
0: teens early very early 20s so you see like the long back leg preparation and all the preparations for the pirouettes in this are like an event so this is Miranda Weiss who you don't really know she was gone before you started knowing the New York City Ballet but she uh-huh. she was like um, very beautiful like kind of had a Winona Ryder or Christina
1: Ricci kind of face here's and what happened she, to her She's so what's happening? Why? <laughs> yes! Swack. Oh, Tess. Clip to my loo. Are we recording? Tess.
0: Hi everyone, we're back. Hi, we watched We're back. The we watched video. it. We did. And, and
1: I reala- and while we were watching it, I realized i have watched it before with you in your apartment. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, I also wanna say. I need to defend myself in case the Balanchine police try to come for me because, uh-huh. uh,
1: like, why you have this video? That's... Um,
0: this is a reference video that the Alberta Ballet was using for learning when I was there,
1: uh-huh.
0: and because the company was doing rubies, and I had the stage manager make me a copy, and I'm not, I'm not showing it to anybody, and so don't don't come for me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I love the idea of the the Balanchine Gestapo showing up at your door. <laughs> Just like that, all those white people. <laughs>
0: They're like, um, cease and desist.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just coming from uh, so Lincoln. Old. I came here all the way from Lincoln. Everybody with double hip
0: replacements. Absolutely. Just like canes being, yeah. knocking on the door quietly.
1: Yeah, totally. <laughs> Hello, I know you're in there. <laughs> Um oh wow, well Tessa Sophia, she's she's another role model for me of someone I would like to dance like. And I think <laughs> I'm getting there. I'm pretty sure with the what we're doing with Anula that yeah. um You'll, I'm gonna be able to any day now. I can jump off of one leg, for sure. I could do that. I just couldn't <laughs> get the other leg up that high.
0: Well and also like the leg you jumped off of like wouldn't extend?
1: Well, my legs don't. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they never have. They never will. I remember being 12 and being in um, like a, it was uh, I, well, this was, so the summers in, for me, a big part of the summers as a kid was I would do the Children's Theater of Madison acting training with this woman Nancy Thoreau who talked like this mm-hmm. and that was my summer and they were so special and important kind of maybe how you felt the boy choir school except I was with ACT people oh, and terrifying. so we were wild like yeah. fully wild and it was 10 to 18 <laughs> and I do remember sitting in a second in some you know she was teaching some like bad movement class mm-hmm. and she was like why won't your knees straighten and she just came and pushed on them real hard and they wouldn't straighten not even with her putting all that's, 80 pounds of herself on meant me to be. that's how i meant to be my bones go in like that that's great that's just, that's just it
0: you probably but... never have knee problems
1: no no. no, and I've really, you know, I've like taken all the skin off of them many, many times you in shows. You love
0: vigorously crawling around on them.
1: I you know? do, I do, I really... Slamming them if, into the floor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if, you, if, you, if you don't come out of it with bloody knees, did it happen? <laughs> yeah. Um But, so, we just watched Rubies with Tess, we're going to have Tess on. How, I, I didn't get to see, when's the last time you've seen Tess do Rubies? It's been a
0: while. I mean, mm-hmm. she does it still every time they bring back jewels, but... Um, I haven't seen her do it in some time.
1: When she's on, I want to ask what it's like to be doing these things for over
0: a decade. Oh yeah, it's been a very long. It's been like close to 15 years doing
1: that role. Can you imagine? But it doesn't, and it doesn't diverge, you know? It's not like back to Madonna, who she, when she's like, when I sing like a virgin this time, I'm going to do it like Marlena Dietrich. Next time, I'm going to do it like a rap or you know she right. she keeps mixing it up on tour so that she doesn't bore herself to tears right. over the years she's on tour. This is the same thing. But oh, what is that like for a ballet dancer I to think, feel yourself getting older mm, and then eventually not being able to do what you used to be able to? Right. That's that is really where Well,
0: Tess's body's still very elastic. I yeah. think it's just in her in the nature of her body mm-hmm. and so it's not something that's degenerating over mm-hmm. time. But um you know, I feel I've never been very good at repeating things over and over, but it is nice to return to things in mm-hmm. like a new body, mm-hmm. and then just like feel it in a different way. Or like as you get older, you can you relax more, so then you can focus more on little things like who's around you or your hand or. You I know, didn't weird feel things. that way
1: when we did our showing of uh, material that we had done like only three years ago no, or two years ago. No, but
0: it's more vivid. Like, when you're doing it three years later, you're like, this yes. is in our bodies. My yes. body feels different. Yeah. But yeah. I can see it from outside a little bit better now.
1: Yes. Of that, I would agree. Absolutely. Yeah. But I didn't feel as... I don't know. It was rough. But that showing itself But also, was we rough. pulled it together in a day and... That's true. We know. rehearsed it for literally like two <laughs> <Yeah>. days. <laughs> um... What else is there to say about Tess and Ruby's? I mean, we ended up talking about it while watching it. Yes.
0: Well, I mean, I think it's just important. When I was younger, I remember taking Nancy Bielski's class and I was standing behind Tess at bar. I didn't know her at the time. But I remember being really struck by the physical dynamics of her body, the way especially that she has a lot of, like, counterweight through her pelvis. So, like, mm. she can throw her legs around like, um, like a pendulum. Yeah. So she has there so much... There is pendulum. There's quality. so much, like, gravity through her center yeah. that she can swing her legs out. And, like, the weight of her foot is enough to, like, make it look like a string with a, with a cannonball on the end, sort mm-hmm. of. Like, they can swing. And she has so much space in her hips that they mm-hmm. can swing everywhere. So to watch her just p- push her, f- using, like, a push of her toes and just to swing her leg up to the side and see, like, how much momentum it had and and freeness in the hip was was amazing. And I think about that a lot when I try to do grand Mamas.
1: Well, watching this video, and albeit it's, it's grainy because mm-hmm. it's from the olden days of 2004, mm-hmm. um, and having seen Tess now for a, a while, since I started going to City Valley with you in 2010, um, the... I, there is something that I can see, even though I couldn't see her face clearly in that video, and I feel I talk about this every time we talk about Tess, is I really see her thinking through it. Mm-hmm. In this, she she's very, she's clearly young, and she's like, I'm going to do it. I've learned the steps, and here we go. Now, when I see her, it's there's so much happening mm-hmm. during the performance while watching her, which mm-hmm. is what's made her, for me, one of my favorite performers to watch. I have definitely seen her work... Uh, have a mind-body connection right. through it, and I'm watching her mind work as she's getting through it. It's not right. just on autopilot. It's no. not like other...
0: Uh, I mean, she might really tell us otherwise when she comes on the show. Maybe, She might maybe. just be like, no, I just did I just like <laughs> super space out, and that's it.
1: It doesn't... She certainly doesn't look like that. I mean, I feel like Isabelle Luper also... I know, you know, you don't live for her, but she'll also be like, I, mean, I, I like just like show her. up and I just do it. Yeah. But there's, I believe in that. there's a lot internally happening, hmm. uh, for sure, with her. That she permits, or maybe she can't even help but let that be seen by the audience. Whereas other Ninas and Ninos will really just plaster a smile on and barrel mm-hmm. through oh, no, no, in no, no, a way no, no. That, uh, that is not my thing. Right. That's not, that's not what I want from live performance. Right.
0: I was also thinking this week, I was thinking about that we were going to watch Tess, and I was mm-hmm. also thinking about... Sarah Mearns, for some reason, I think because I walked past a Cole Haan or something. <laughs> <laughs> Are they her sponsor? Uh, no, she's one of their models. Oh, okay. And she, like, helps them in the development of some shoe styles. Um, but she, it's interesting to, like, to see how, how dancers develop and how much of it is is what they want it to be and how much of it is like what their body just naturally is Mm. so like for me in watching dancers a lot of the experience for me is just purely like the physics of their body yes i'm like i really really like how that body's put together how the weight of it takes it places or or whatever but i mean you have to make something of it as a person eventually but i think having that base is is really lucky
1: it is, it is a lucky base, and with someone like Sarah, again, that's someone who, I mean, I think of, I think I've seen her do Sarah Nod twice, mm-hmm. and it's, I mean, she's, it's, it's an actress dancing. I mean, she really is, but it's, it's in the moment. It does not feel put on to me, her level of presence and emotion and the way the emotion carries through cellularly through her body mm-hmm. to me. Yes. But in that way, I feel that that is a place where you and I, I think sometimes can read it slightly different. Where you'll look more at the aesthetics or the way they're put together, and I, and we've talked yeah. about this, but, but I, I mean, in all obviously, episodes, with Sarah,
0: you can't help but like feel the feel the feelings that she's experiencing through the music mm-hmm. because, like, she's so much that. Yeah. But also, like, she also happens to have this very expansive body, mm. long hands, long feet, big head, like, mm. and very, like, free hips, free shoulders. There's something really unusual about the way her arms, like, appear in fifth position because of how much space she has in her shoulders. Mm. It's like, she can, she creates, like, a, a perfect circle front out of her socket, so it's almost right. like she she encompasses the world or something. Yeah. It's
1: unbelievable. It I can't. Unbelievable. I don't want to talk too
0: much. I feel embarrassed to talk about her, but she changed <laughs> my life.
1: <laughs> <laughs> she changed your life yeah. and has changed mine. Well, um, I, you know... It's we, we we have we have our icons. They've and all now, impacted us in some. They've way. all impacted well, us in some way. just us Sarah. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> well, and
0: also we're like Nazis. We're like just tall, blonde, ballerina.
1: Yeah. Well, and also. <laughs> well, all. Well, and also that I so deeply want to be partnered by Jared Tyler or Marcella, right. who you got I to be partnered by. You're me. welcome. Yeah. <laughs> um. And such heaven. And I was I wa- really like
0: partner me, and we're gonna video it. <laughs> I,
1: I watched the video numerous times and it's really the amount of sort of serratus and lower trapezius strength he has to just yeah. get his shoulders on his body the mm-hmm. hands are there and then he just walks you around but also,
0: no, it's not even about strength for him it's just about like an understanding of other people's weight in mm-hmm. relationship to his own so he's like I'm gonna get closer to you because I know you're leaning away now right. and then he can like understand that now I'm gonna write myself or he's gonna write me and like it works out in a way where, like, it couldn't possibly work out with other people because I'm a mess and, like, my You're not. I love
1: that you say all that, but that really comes <laughs> out of, like, your insane... Like, you were meant to be a ballerina because you had <laughs> all of this, like... You know, speaking of fascism earlier, you have the internalized fascism about things, the way things need to look and the way things are, and that very much also comes... It's very different. It's a very different training in a ballet training. And that gets grilled right. into you in a specific way. But
0: I've definitely, like... My, my, I've expanded in terms of, like, my likes and dislikes. Like,
1: now In like, ballet?
0: Oh, just in dance in general. Or,
1: like, but watching, I think watching, it's watching a, more, a body in motion. To, you absolutely have, but I think it's curious to think about that in terms of ballet. Because I think, under that lens, it's a harsh lens. Well, the I lens got, of ballet I, I got, like,
0: one. super brainwashed at P&B mm. at a time when, like, the company was truly, like, the Third Reich of, like, mm. of ballerinas, like all these huge blonde ballerinas with like super clipped ankles and I for a while I was like this is what it should be Mm -hmm. and I remember getting to Ballet Met and starting like my first sort of like core job and being like everyone's a mutant but uh, you know within weeks being like oh they're all like excellent dancers and then like slowly over time like the having to like heal myself
1: and it is from Ballet Met that I and we've talked about this that gave you a base Oh, they, you could start, actually, they Where you weren't going to have to deal with a uh, hip replacement. <laughs> no, yeah. Like the whole thing of like where a first should be instead of like where you really were having a first from B.
0: Well, yeah, it's like where where your strength allows your body to be or are we just purely making pictures? You right. know, it was more it was a more holistic approach to ballet. Like it was a reality check for me.
1: You are well. I know you don't love teaching. You were really one of my fa- favorite ballet teachers for we me. Do, we do lessons. Yeah, we do <laughs> lessons. Well, I think grabbing my knees and sticking your head into the back of my sacrum while pulling my knees apart while I do a plié has been deeply helpful and helped me find it.
0: I mean, I think if 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 the teach if someone saw me do that, who was like a child <laughs> educator, they'd
1: probably be like, no, no, no. No. I mean, I think that was like severe
0: Russian rhythmic gymnastic uh-huh. training, but basically. But I trust you. So it's wasn't worth it wasn't like I could hurt you. Your bones are. Solid. My Rock pal- solid. I, I really do <laughs>
1: feel like I have taken so many falls and have slammed into so many things. And, you know, I here I am just like Carol Channing after falling off of yeah. numerous stages. Totally fine. I They are kind of, I am like a, I don't want to be any male characters because they're so boring like Wolverine. But maybe like uh, Jean Grey. Oh, you know
0: it's your tendons and ligaments where the problems arise yeah yeah well those <laughs>
1: tendons and ligaments when they're that tight that's that hurts eventually when yeah, they get over. Too, too tight too tight they
0: don't want it
1: they really don't <laughs> um
0: yeah um i know last week for those of you who are repeat listeners we talked about like this week leading into reed's story or whatever discussing something and so we'll only just broadly say this week that Um, you know, I've been through an interesting experience over the past year in regard to, like, my physical health, and I think closer to the holidays, we'll get into the details of that as we lead into some projects that are related to it, but I'm totally fine, everything's gonna be fine, and, um... This is just going to keep you coming back. There you
1: go. Secrets. Well, I remember, I think on our first episode, <laughs> I was like, we'll do it at Christmas. Absolutely. And you know what's nice about Christmas is it's by your birthday. That's right. December Christmas 15th or December birthday, 17th. Is yes. Five. But isn't it good that I knew it was one of them? Yeah. I know that your birthday is February 1. Yes. Nailed it. Yes. <laughs> Nailed it. As my sister once said to me when I forgot her birthday, it's okay. You're not good at anyone else's birthday but yours. Oh,
0: my mom hasn't known my birthday since I was like seven. And I'm not kidding. Like when so, I was like, course, around
1: December 1st, did she just start sending you gifts? Kind of. She'll be uh-huh. like,
0: it, early in December, she'll be like, I know your birthday's coming. Um, and then she'll be like, and I won't be remembering it.
1: Wait, Things she like actually that. says that? Oh,
0: yeah, she knows. She acknowledges mm-hmm. that she does not know when it is. But uh-huh. that's fine. I don't expect her to. And also, like, for all of high school, my middle name was Brendan, which is sorry, my brother's middle name.
1: So, so what is your middle name? Patrick. So I remember, right.
0: like, getting to high school and being sort of, like, what is this? And then being like, oh, my mom doesn't know my middle
1: name. Wow. So, it's Patrick on your birth certificate, but for a while she's like, yeah, it's uh, Reed, well, right. Brandon, and Jack In Brandon. filling out admission stuff, uh, she's yeah. just
0: like, Reed, Brandon, Bartlemy. Right. That's as well as she could do. Yeah, because she know. could
1: just do one. That's all right. She's That's got fine. a lot going on. She's had so much to kind of... What a life. What a life, <laughs> truly. I mean, she's... <sighs> we're getting there, I have to say. Between you and... I mean, both of us have yeah. have a fair amount of stories we're experiencing things. as well oh Living, we're really loving, <laughs> learning lollipops <laughs> we're really you know doing it all we're and um and then some what's gonna happen this weekend well we'll find out i'll either be going upstate and uh we might see rebecca
0: paddock or we might see rebecca paddock who's which... phenomenal oh, she's so phenomenal if you're in the hamptons at guild hall the new york city ballet jared angle Oh, we're past it everybody. The show's over. Good luck getting oh, right, there. Right, right. We were recording, we're recording Our producer's this. reminding us that <laughs> this won't be aired until a while from now. Until so,
1: next week. Right, next the following Friday. So like a week and a half. I don't even know what we're why am I even talking about this week and then? Who cares? It's in the past. Isn't that amazing about time? <sighs> a long so a couple I don't remember when it was actually. It was the winter after my mother died. So that's two thousand thirteen. And I did this like regression, some it's sort of nice like. It's
0: nice that you have markers like death.
1: Like I just, well, I have a bunch now. It's great. I have my mom, my dad they dad dead, and um, you know, and other sorts of death, psychic deaths. And <laughs> I was, I was doing like this thing with um, this like teacher as a spiritual person, where I was laying on this mat, and he was coaching me through just like a breathing rhythm full release (laughs) (laughs) no i wish no this was just i was just breathing there was no touching involved and um and while i was doing it i i was supposed to picture myself at at, at a child when as a child when um uh, right around when my i could remember my abuse starting so eventually it was sort of meditation back to that and i got to that and while it was happening, I, at my age, which then was, you know, whatever, 30-something, was saying to to me at six, um, it's okay. And I was saying that to myself wow. during this meditation thing. I'm like, it's okay. <laughs> and I had this intense memory of being six and hearing that voice, meaning my adult voice, mm-hmm. saying, it's okay. Wow. So that... And then I read this whole, I started reading things about how time is nature's way of preventing a collapse.
0: I do feel like prior to that, you you didn't have that thing of like knowing it's going to be okay. And ever since then, you've been a little bit more... Blasé, not blasé, but like less crazed, let's I
1: would say post my mother's death. About
0: existence in general.
1: Yeah, well I'll also say watching I mean I watched my mother die, watch that last breath go out, and then that was it. And after that it was really like it was really like, Well, girl, we're all gonna die. I can't wait. Tiffany Haddish. You know, like it's just be that. Like go, live big, bring joy to people. Be a lover. You know also
0: Jenny Slate in the Ugh. new movie called I Love Jenny Landline. Slate. Go see it. She was wonderful. She made me cry. She made me laugh. She's just the she's best.
1: a phenomenal actress.
0: Um, also, you guys, you can reach out to us via iTunes reviews. Yeah. You can find us on our Facebook account, on our Instagram account at With Dance and Stuff. You and can we also have an email. write in us an email at WithDance and Stuff at gmail.com or I think, <laughs> um, and um, this episode has been brought to you by Reed and Harriet Designs. You can get fifteen percent off with offer code with dance and stuff,
1: and you can get a wonderful bathing suit. can get a wonderful bathing suit. Who has this episode been brought to us by anyone else? I don't think so.
0: Well, it's been brought to you by Jack Fervor, Inc. Please just send <laughs> him gifts.
1: Oh my God! Absolutely. Please donate to me at uh, oh at New York Live Arts. Sure. You can donate to our upcoming project. That's You can feel free
0: to send any gifts to 466 Grand Street. Use either of our names. (laughs) Amazing. And uh, I think it's a 10002.
1: I love that yes and New York,
0: those, New York you guys we love we you we love you so much we had really fun today without a guest I it, think it yeah. was nice
1: well I, I think you and I have a good time together I mean obviously I hate guests <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to pick a really sexy one for next time I know what else <laughs> alright loves you bye bye